0: Chapter 43 of Dope. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Dope by Sax Romer. Chapter 43 The Story of the Crime. You are all aware, Seaton continued, that Sir Lucian Pine was an admirer of mrs Irvin. god knows i hold no brief for the man but this love of his was the one redeeming feature of a bad life how and when it began i don't profess to know but it became the only pure thing which he possessed that he was instrumental in introducing you mrs Irvin, to the unfortunately prevalent drug habit you will not deny But that he afterwards tried sincerely to redeem you from it i can positively affirm in seeking a redemption he found his own for i know that he was engaged at the time of his death in extricating himself from the group you may say that he made a fortune and was satisfied that is your view gray i prefer to think that he was anxious to begin a new life and to make himself more worthy of the respect of those he loved there was one obstacle which proved too great for him mrs sin although juan Marino was the spokesman of the group lola Marino was the prompter all sir lucian's plans for weeding mrs Irvin from the habits which she had acquired were deliberately and malignantly foiled by this woman she endeavoured to inveigle mrs Irvin into indebtedness to you gray as you know now failing in this she endeavoured to kill her by depriving her of that which had at the time become practically indispensable a venomous jealousy led her to almost suicidal measures she risked exposure and ruin in her endeavours to dispose of one whom she looked upon as a rival during sir lucian's several absences from london she was particularly active, and this brings me to the closing scene of the drama. On the night that you determined, in desperation, Mrs. Irvin, to see Kazma personally, you will recall that Sir Lucian went out to telephone to him. Rita nodded, but did not speak. Actually, Seaton explained, he instructed Marino to go across the leads to Kazma's, directly you had left the flat and to give you a certain message as Kazma. he also instructed marino to telephone certain orders to rashid the egyptian attendant in spite of the unforeseen meeting with gray all would have gone well no doubt if mrs sin had not chanced to be on the Kazma premises at the time that the message was received i need not say that mrs sin was a remarkable woman Possessing many accomplishments, among them that of mimicry. She had often amused herself by taking Marino's place at the table behind Casma, and speaking in her brother's oracular voice, had delivered the revelations. Marino was like wax in his sister's hands, and on this fateful night, when he arrived at the place, which he did a few minutes before Mrs. Irvin, Gray, and Sir Lucian mrs sin peremptorily ordered him to wait upstairs in the kubanis office and she took her seat in the room from which the chasma illusions were controlled so carefully arranged was every detail of the business that rashid the egyptian was ignorant of sir lucian's official connection with the chasma concern he had been ordered by merino speaking from sir lucian's flat to admit mrs Irvin to the room of seance and then to go home he obeyed and departed leaving sir lucian in the waiting-room driven to desperation by Casma's taunting words we know that mrs Irvin penetrated to the inner room i must slur over the details of the scene which ensued hearing her cry out sir lucian ran to her assistance Mrs. Sen, enraged by his manner, lost all control of her insane passion. She attempted Mrs. Urban's life with a stiletto, which habitually she carried, and Sir Lucian died like a gentleman who had lived like a blackguard. He shielded her. Seton paused. Margaret was biting her lip hard, and Rita was looking down so that her face could not be seen the shock consequent upon the deed sobered the half-crazy woman continued the speaker her usual resourcefulness returned to her self-preservation had to be considered before remorse mrs Irvin had swooned and he hesitated mrs sin saw to it that she did not revive prematurely Marina was summoned from the room above the outer door was locked IT AFFORDS EVIDENCE OF THIS WOMAN'S CALLOUS COOLNESS THAT SHE REMOVED FROM THE CASMA PREMISES, AND PROBABLY ASSISTED BY HER BROTHER, ALTHOUGH HE DENIES IT, FROM THE PERSON AND GARMENTS OF THE DEAD MAN EVERY SCRAP OF EVIDENCE. THEY HAD NOT BY ANY MEANS FINISHED THE TASK WHEN YOU KNOCKED AT THE DOOR, GRAY, BUT THEY COMPLETED IT FAULTLESSLY AFTER YOU HAD GONE their unconscious victim and the figure of casma as well as every paper or other possible clue they carried up to the cabana's office and from thence across the roof to sir lucian's study next while marino went for the car mrs sin rifled the safe bureaus and desks in sir lucian's flat so that we had the devil's own work as you know to find out even the more simple facts of his everyday life not a soul Ever came forward who noticed the big car being driven into Albemarle Street or who observed it outside the flat? The chances run by the pair in conveying their several strange burdens from the top floor down the stairs and out into the street were extraordinary, yet they succeeded unobserved. Of course, the street was imperfectly lighted and is but little frequented after dusk. The journey to Limehouse was performed without discovery aided no doubt by the mistiness of the night, and Marino, returning to the west end, ingeniously inquired for Solution at his club. Learning, although he knew it already, that Sir Lucian had not been to the club that night, he returned the car to the garage, and calmly went back to the flat. His reason for taking this dangerous step is by no means clear. According to his own account, he did it to gain time for the fugitive Mrs. Sin. You see, there was really only one witness of the crime, Mrs. Irvin, and she could not have sworn to the identity of the assassin. Rashid was warned, and presumably supplied with sufficient funds to enable him to leave the country. Well, the woman met her deserts, no doubt at the hands of Sincinois, Carry is sure of this, and Sincenois escaped, taking with him an enormous sum of ready money. He was the true genius of the enterprise. No one, his wife and Marino excepted, we know of no other, suspected that the real Sincenois was clean-shaven, possessed two eyes and no pigtail, a wonderfully clever man. The native servant appeared to announce that dinner was served, african dusk drew its swift curtain over the desert and a gun spoke sharply from the citadel in silence the party watched the deepening velvet of the sky witnessing the birth of a million stars and in silence they entered the gaily lighted dining room seat pasha moved one of the lights so as to illuminate a small oil painting which hung above the sideboard it represented the head and shoulders of a savage-looking red man, his hair close-cropped like that of a pugilist, and his mustache trimmed in such a fashion that a row of large, fierce teeth were revealed in an expression which might have been meant for a smile. A pair of intolerant steel blue eyes looked squarely out at the spectator. What a time I had, said Seaton, to get him to sit for that, But I managed to secure his wife's support, and the trick was done. You are down to toast Kismet, Margaret, but I am going to propose the health, long life, and prosperity of Chief Inspector Carey of the Criminal Investigation Department. End of chapter 43. Recording by John Brandon. End of dope by Sax Romer.